You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about bad behavior. This week, we read What is Acting Out, published in Psychology Today, 2022. And the first point that the article makes is that acting out is really communication that's nonverbal. Right. I think often people fall into acting out or or having some poor behaviors because they don't want to verbally address Mm -hmm. the problem. So do you think it's they're aware of it all the time or sometimes they're unaware? I think sometimes they're unaware. Mm Mm-hmm. But they're attempting to communicate something. Right. Maybe not very effectively. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So can you, Heather, can you think of any times where you've dealt with someone or maybe you've been the person who is acting out in a work situation? A long, long time ago, one of my very first clinic kind of rotations, we had a situation where there was two offices that closed with doors and then there was two cubicles outside those offices. And you, we had sound machines going. I mean, it was not the best setup, but. You could absolutely always hear what was going on in the cubicles from inside the Mm. offices. Like, no matter what, it was always loud. And so finally, we came up to some agreement that like, hey, if you're going to be in the cubicles, like, no talking at all. Like, you're going to write your notes or whatever. Just write your notes. But Mm -hmm. And headphones. Those are all good things. Yeah. Well, we had one person that absolutely refused to follow the rules. Like, at that time when people had clients, she'd make popcorn. She would uh, talk across the hallway to the other. There was another hallway set up very similar. Talk across to the other people in the cubicle across the hallway. And it was like almost intentional. And it always seemed to happen when one particular person was doing sessions. And it was like, what is happening? Yeah. Well, then I found out like long story, but she knew some of the families that were coming in. They lived in the same building as her. Oh. And so she was like overcompensating for like making sure that they heard her voice. So she was there. It was a very weird behavior and a very, but she was not handling. I mean, go hide, go the opposite way. Right. I mean, that's a, I think that's a really good example because she was acting out and communicating, but it was, how would we have known? what she was trying to communicate. Right. It, it's almost like a stretch to right. the imagination to realize <laughs> that was the problem. Right. Like, wow, that was not any, I was thinking all sorts of other things, not that. So mm-hmm. people do. I think of maybe like, well, kids in school, but also this happens in a workplace setting. People who aren't following the dress code, like oh, things yeah. like that, mm-hmm. that. Maybe there's a expectation or a norm, like you're saying, right. like the noise level, mm-hmm. but you realize... It happens on a regular basis or it happens when the expectation is clear right. that someone is, oh, this drives me crazy. So, I mean, I think this happens with clothing, but in the world of Zoom, oh yes. all the bad behavior <laughs> that can happen in Zoom yep. drives me crazy. People who join meetings and will not turn their camera on. Right. You're like, why are you on this Zoom if you will not show me your face? Maybe it's been six months to a year ago now. I had a meeting that I held, I think it happened every other Friday, and it was kind of my meeting. I coordinated it. I held most of the responsibility. But 
four or five other people would join. And the first time we did it, not a single person was on camera except for me. That's just awkward. What are you supposed it to look at? Like blank boxes? It was. But I thought, <laughs> I'm not turning my camera off. Right. I mean, maybe in that case, I was acting out <laughs> because I was communicating something nonverbally. And you would think that nonverbal cue would, mm-hmm. everybody else would turn their camera on. Right. Nope. They all kept their cameras off. And even most of them kept their microphones off. Oh, like until they needed to say something? Then they Well, turn- I'll, I'll, yes. Okay. In theory, or if they didn't have anything to say at all, they kept their camera and their microphone off the entire meeting. So they're just non-participants. They're they're there. Who knows? I mean, so really, in effect, they logged on to say that they showed up. But who knows if they were. I don't know what they were doing. They could have been in a bubble bath, for all I know. Right. So I started, because I was coordinating that meeting, Mm -hmm. in the invitation through Zoom, I would say that Mm -hmm. your camera needs to be on. Right. And still, the majority of them would not turn their cameras on. Wow. So I would join ready Mm -hmm. with the camera on and half of them would join and turn the camera on. And then, like you described, they'd feel kind of awkward, like, I'm the only one with my camera Mm -hmm. on. This Mm -hmm. is weird. And they would be, I could tell that they were really tempted to turn it off. Right. Because they felt awkward, but they were also aware that they were asked to keep it on. So they were like, "Eh, eh, eh." but yeah, a lot of them just did not turn their camera on. Mm -hmm. And I think to me, that's acting out and communicating. I choose not to. Right. I choose not to, even though you asked me to, and I'm choosing to limit my participation. Right. Right. You've hit the nail on the head there with like, I'm choosing this because I don't want to give in to whatever the ways of the expectation Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That is tough. It was a tough meeting to to hold every other week when I knew. (laughs) That's was my response, right? Yeah. Okay, I just thought of another one. Colleagues being late for their Mm -hmm. clients or not showing up. Like maybe there's sometimes there's just miscommunication. Like I've had that happen to me where a client shows up, they think they have an appointment with me and they actually do not. It's the next week or Mm -hmm. they missed it yesterday or, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. But I have found that having like the situation where, you know, that most of the time, especially around this office, it's all in the hour, on the half hour. Like that's a lot of counselors schedule there. But, you know, and then it's like an off time and it's like this flurry of rushing in the door and like clientele, you know, are like opening the door for me to go get my client. And like, there's other people there that shouldn't be like, I didn't know you're here to see somebody. You know, like that whole like awkward interaction. Yeah. And I've never, I don't know. And it's something that just happens on occasion. But I think that it happens when people don't want to like, they either don't like that client or they don't mm-hmm. like maybe they're maybe that's a harder client or a you know like avoidance type thing. Yes. You know, I know someone that's regularly late and I was thinking about this this week. Why is this person regularly late? And it's consistent enough that I don't think it was I didn't think it was one of those examples. It wasn't specific to a client. Okay. Okay. It was pretty like all the time you yeah. come in. <laughs> I realized that this person is uncomfortable waiting. Oh. Okay. So there's, and I think it's very unconscious. Mm -hmm. Their solution is that they are busy, suddenly busy, (laughs) which then means that they are a couple minutes late every single time. But as a result, they don't have to wait. Right. They're not waiting for anybody. Their clients are there. (laughs) And so, and so I do think it is acting out. I don't think they're aware of what it's communicating. I think they're accidentally communicating Mm -hmm. what you think. Right. 
I'm frustrated or I don't like this client that much. I think that could be accidentally communicated. But I think what's really happening is they're communicating. I'm uncomfortable waiting. Waiting. Right. Interesting. Very good. But that took so, I mean, but I mean, maybe to, to our point, that takes a lot of effort and uh, detective work or trying to figure out and probably sometimes, I mean, definitely sometimes misinterpreting Mm -hmm. what this acting out means. And so while acting out is communicating, it's not a very effective way to communicate. So the next point in the article was it's important to transform those actions into words. Right. So like the person that I'm thinking of this week, if they could somehow address how they're feeling, they then would not have to do that. Be late all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in some of the other situations, I mean, sometimes if the person that's doing it can't even see it, Especially like supervisees. If you know your supervisee is late all the time, Mm -hmm. well, then obviously that's something you need to address. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they may not be aware that they're, I mean, they may be aware that they're like running late or something, but they may not be aware that it's a habit Mm -hmm. or it's a pattern or that it's this particular every Tuesday at two o'clock or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So it is sometimes our job as supervisors to then say, hey, I noticed this. Is everything okay? (laughs) Or I can imagine, I mean, I feel like, so many young counselors feel like the correct answer when asked in school, what's a population that you think that you wouldn't work with or mm-hmm. couldn't work with? Right. So many people say, nobody, I could work right. with everybody. Right. I could do. Mm-hmm. But what if you're you as the supervi- supervisor are noticing a pattern that they regularly are frustrated with? Adult men. Right. Or right. some pattern. Mm-hmm. That and and they are committed to no. I could work with anybody. Mm-hmm. I want to help everybody. But you can point out to them. It seems like there's this pattern, right? That that it seems to like you have this same behavior or this same frustration working with this type of client. Then it could be hugely beneficial to the supervisee, but also right. all those clients, right? And also clients. I mean, I think it could happen with a certain population, but it could also happen with a certain diagnosis. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. they're clinically comfortable with or any mm-hmm. kind of dynamic that. They're not sure about. And then you might, I mean, in some cases you decide, well, you're right. That's true. I actually don't like working with grownups. Right. I want to work with just kids. Right. Or you realize, yeah, what is, why am I uncomfortable with this diagnosis? And you might work on it or address it mm-hmm. and get better at Shift it. Shift it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the story of the one that was just being chatty and loud, the whole reason it finally came up is because someone got like mad. And it's like, mm. you've interrupted my sessions all afternoon. Like, kind of was like a confrontation. It was yeah. loud. We all heard it. It was like, oh, what's happening over there? But the, it took kind of someone getting to their boiling point before yeah. any, you know, any transition. So in that, it, the actions did get transformed into words. Yeah, just not maybe in the best yeah. way. <laughs> yeah. And that maybe, you know, the person who's acting out, if they figured out how to, to do that, it might be more effective. Right. I'm thinking about my sad Zoom meeting. If I had actually thought it was the case, I don't think it was. But what, you know, it would have been great if I could have, as the the facilitator mm-hmm. said, I know that this meeting is frustrating because we feel like we could accomplish this in an email, but we've been asked to do this. Mm-hmm. Or I know we all want to get out of here and get this done with. So let's all work to get it really done. quickly right. and, and wrap up early or something right. like that. I don't feel like that was the issue. But if it had been, it would have been nice to change the, that action into words and into say something different. Yeah. So let's come up with a solution with each other. I do think it was we just didn't agree on the objective. Um, yeah, that's possible. Um, which is that's harder to mm-hmm. tr- to transform into words and and make it feel productive. But right. 
I think that ha- do you I think that is why that's an issue in Zoom meetings is people turning off their cameras oh, or not participating is because they feel like it could be accomplished mm-hmm. without camera. Right. Could, they're or, annoyed by it. Mm-hmm. Like they wanted to stay in their pajamas today. Mm-hmm. I, as you're saying that I have a colleague, she actually works in IT. So during like Zoom time was very not only awkward for her, but she just found it cumbersome. Like it was annoying and mm-hmm. people wouldn't have their cameras on and whatever. Mm-hmm. And her solution to this, well, I guess her and her boss's solution to get everybody in the team doing things was every Friday during their Friday meeting was themed. And so you'd have to have a, you have to be a pirate on Friday or you have to (laughs) wear your pajamas or you had to do different things. And people took it over the top. And because it was IT, everyone had filters and backgrounds and like different funny Mm -hmm. things they were doing. Mm -hmm. But it did break the like cycle of right to that. Right. I mean, that makes me think of this is work related ish. And if I'm in a training and I, I love to go to trainings Mm -hmm. and I choose trainings that are about topics I'm interested in. So those are often interactive and have a lot of kid focus. Right. I'm the worst participant. (laughs) Why? I don't know. But all of my, so I am always, almost, almost always acting out. Okay. And you can see it in my behavior. So I'm not communicating it in words, Mm -hmm. but maybe they say, okay, today we're going to start with an activity where everybody does their own sand tray, reflective of how they feel about the new Texas state legislation laws (laughs) related to supervision. Right. And in my head, I go, no, I don't want to do that. (laughs) No, 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 no. Right. And so what my behavior looks like is like, me re- moving really slowly. Mm-hmm. Like the worst attempt ever mm-hmm. at a sand tray. Yeah. Or the, and maybe in the directive, they then want you to turn and share with the three people around you. And right. I'm like the last person to turn. And the, the, the two other very uncomfortable, awkward people who were sitting closest to me are definitely feeling my right. acting out. And they're thinking, please, please share with, please right. share with me. They asked me to share with you and right. I'm just trying to share. And I'm, and I'm going, I don't want to share. Right. Not doing it. No. <laughs> and so I know that I do that. And I know. So then I'm compa- I have some compassion for my right. would be partners, but also I f- can appreciate how supervisees feel. Absolutely. When we ask them to do things that they right. are either uncomfortable doing or they think is kind of goofy mm-hmm. or they don't understand the process and why we would ask right. them to do something like that. So I don't think that I, in most cases, I rarely transform those actions into words. Unless it's with my poor should-be partner who's trying to share with me. And I say, I know, I'm the worst at this. Sorry. You share first and then I'll I'll warm up and I'll share too. But I I don't share with the presenter. Right. And so like, nope. Yeah. The (laughs) presenter who's telling us to do this, I'm sure they can see my acting out behavior. Like, why is this person unwilling? Right. Why are you being resistant, Sarah? Mm -hmm. So changing your acting out behavior into words is very important. But what do you do, Heather, when it doesn't work? You're trying to help yourself or someone else transform their acting out behavior into words and it's not happening. Right. I think depending on what the action is, if you've got a supervisee that's always late and you've addressed it and they're not fixing it, well, then I think you have to have some kind of like support plan that's going to get them, you know, okay, well, you're not allowed to come in at 2.30 for your three o'clock client. You need to be here at two. Yeah. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated 
to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. What do you, well, let's start with, you said address it. What would be your first stabs at trying to address it? Like, like, have you noticed this is happening? Mm-hmm. Like kind of just bring you to the table. If it's about being tardy, okay, that's easy. Mm-hmm. But if it's more like when you're in such, like when we're having supervision and you cringe or take a deep breath or sigh really heavily when we talk about this kind of client, you know, mm-hmm. that's a little bit more detective work. That's a little bit yeah. more looking for patterns. So what you're saying, I think I do this too. If you're in supervision and someone has a physical reaction, an acting out mm-hmm. behavior, and you notice it, maybe you've noticed it a couple of times, but your first attempt would be pointing out the behavior. Right. Right. So showing up late. Mm-hmm. I think I, I don't know how effective this is, but I think one of my first attempts would be <clears throat> noting, mm-hmm. oh, I wasn't sure if you'd make it today. Right, right. Which <laughs> is not very direct, right. but I think that they we would both note, oh, yeah, I was a couple minutes late. Right. So if that, do you th- can you see yourself yeah, doing something like that? Absolutely. So that, like starting very just like, I noticed this. Yeah. You and then, then maybe the next step, same c- scenario, this person is consistently late that I would say, I think I can imagine myself, I think I've done this with a current supervisee. I'll say, it seems like you have a hard time making it at this time of day. Mm-hmm. Would it help you if we change to a different time or considered right. a different time? Right. So I think that's more direct mm-hmm. and offers a potential solution. Right. So And so that's what I thought you meant when you said, well, first, you know, after attempting to bring it up. So what would you do that? How would you escalate then if you realize, okay, I said it in kind of a passive way. Right. I said it in a direct way, giving some options. And here we are still, still showing up late. Okay, so I think I would go full circle and really express what when you are late i feel disrespected okay. or it feels like you don't value supervision if we're talking about being like mm-hmm. supervision mm-hmm. or you know really bringing it up and saying like what else is going and so obviously we need to dig into it what's going on between okay. us okay why are you resistant mm-hmm. okay so a longer much clearer more direct conversation mm-hmm. pointing out the importance of supervision right. pointing out the impacts of being right. late and then asking very right. directly, what is it that you're trying to communicate mm-hmm. non-verbally by being late that we might communicate verbally? Right. You might not exactly those words, right. but, but trying to be that clear. Yes. Okay. And then what if they're still late? I mean, hopefully I just adjust my schedule and go, well, I know you're not really coming in at 2.30. Mm. <laughs> I'll see you at 3. You still have to come. It's a requirement from supervision. You know, I don't think something like that would necessarily have me take an actual action plan because what am i gonna keep from them i mean it's not Mm. i mean depending on how late are we talking right true that's very true so you you have to decide for yourself how significant this is right like i do have someone i think they were showing everybody like it was for group actually which i should think about i think everyone in my group supervision pretty consistently was showing up about five minutes late Mm mm-hmm and if it happens every single time at about five minutes, you actually have to try to do that. Right. 
is an effort. I think. Right. You're trying. (laughs) And so I think that is worth addressing and transforming into words. But what if they were showing up 20 minutes late? Right. Or more. I think I wouldn't give them the supervision over and they can't count their hours that week. Mm. And that would be changing pretty quickly, transforming that action into words. So you would say, oh, almost like a client. Right. would do that with a client. Oh, today you are 20 minutes late. And so that's not really a full hour. And the way I say it with clients and I would say it with a supervisee is that it's not reasonable of me to charge you for the hour. Mm -hmm. And so let's plan to reschedule. Right. Right. So turning the responsibility to them. Absolutely. Can you think of other times or other situations where maybe you've worked to transform the action into words and it hasn't happened? Mm -hmm. And so what do you do? At some point, I mean, I guess it could get as severe as, okay, it's time for us to not work together anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of one supervisee I had a long time ago. Things were not going the way she wanted them to go. I wouldn't count hours that she wanted to count that she thought were super, like she thought they were counseling hours. They're just not. Mm -hmm. And I could tell by her body language in supervision, she was just so put out constantly late. I mean, all the things you kind of like look Mm -hmm. for and she just wasn't going to change and it wasn't Mm going to happen. And so it just ended up that we weren't going to work together anymore because it's just like that's not. I'm not going to hold space for that. Well, I, I think you and I have a common understanding of what a plan would be. But in the state of Texas, our legislation does describe a remediation plan, right. but it's pretty loose. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really yeah. uh, give you a outline or step by step. But um, there are some guidelines, but a lot of counselors or supervisors will use formal documentation. Right to explain what the concern was, mm-hmm. what are steps that need to be taken to resolve the concern. Right. And then both people agree on it. Right. So it it looks like a informal contract right. where a supervisor and a supervisee might discuss and then sign it and agree with each other. I had never thought of it, but I guess that could work both ways. Right. But if the supervisor is the person who's five minutes late, right. 20 minutes late. And not late, giving the time and mm-hmm. not, right, could go both um, ways. That there might be an agreement with each other both ways to resolve a problem. Mm-hmm. So there are some formal ways, but you're thinking, well, and maybe we c- we can't say what kind of acting out or bad behavior right. you might run across that might get you to a point where you would think maybe this does call for a remediation plan right. or an agreement to move on and not work together. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, what is the actual, I mean, one-time offense to me is not bad behavior. Yeah. Bad behavior is when it's repetitive, when it seems to happen more and more. There's, I guess I can have a lot of grace for things like not working. You know, you're 20 minutes late to supervision one time in the three years I've seen you. That's not bad behavior. That's just having a bad day. I know, Heather. That sounds like you've got really (laughs) well-behaved supervisees. I had a supervisee a really long time ago that cursed at me. Whoa. Yeah, sorry. We're not going to work together anymore. Yeah. (laughs) And only, but Heather, they only cursed at me one time. Yeah, I probably Um, wanted them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it wasn't, I'm pretty okay if a curse word flies. In description. Wa- right, right. <laughs> but, that, but this one right. was very uh, directed, pointed at me. <laughs> and I really, I was a pretty new supervisee, supervisor, and we did talk about it. And we, But I do think we kept working together, at least for a little bit longer. It's great. It didn't last. <laughs> so it should have, maybe should have ended at that point. But, you right. know, live and learn. But yeah, times when... You know, it's not working. Right. I think right. that I th- really thinking about it in context of what we've talked about today, this supervisee probably had other acting out behavior before that. That you and right. it came to a head mm-hmm. with cursing 
And right. there we go. Yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't work out and that's right. okay. Well, thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. We would love to hear about how you address supervisees and their sometimes bad behavior. Thanks. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.